Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, grow you as a disciple, and help you serve His purpose. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. We're still in a series called Sure, which is a series about faith. And it's so exciting to be able to bring a message on this topic. Let me pray. Father, thank you so much for your love, your goodness, your kindness. Thank you also that you care for each one of us so much. And that's what the cross was all about. And Father, I pray that you would enrich every person who's here today with your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, faith, the title of this message is, it's a ridiculous title, When the Son of Man Comes, Will He Find Faith on the Earth? Don't you think that's an amazing question? Jesus asked that. He asked it about what his disciples would be doing, but he, he projected it into the future. When the Son of Man comes, when Jesus comes again, will he find faith on the earth? Before I go another step, I want to welcome back to the house Mr. and Mrs. Rebel. Sarah and Stefan, would you please stand up? Thank you, guys. I'm so pleased to embarrass you. The title of the message is, When the Son of Man Comes, Will He Find Faith on the Earth? Now, that's not, will he find a whole stack of people who call themselves Christians... It's partly that. But he's asking, will he find people who are living for me and believing what I tell them? So last week Amanda preached, and she preached superbly, I thought. She's pretty good. So good was it that I've taken two of her scriptures and used them again. Now, in the academic world, we call that plagiarism. (laughs) But in the kingdom of God, we call it common sense. (laughs) Not saying plagiarism's good, but... I mean, if she preached so well, there must have been something worth repeating. So I've got the standard three points and the first point is based on the one of the scriptures that Amanda used last week first point is faith is a substance so we go to Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 faith is the substance of things hoped for 
And, and in the sense of that scripture, what, what that means is faith is the foundation The foundation that underlies the things we do in the name of Jesus is faith. And if we have that faith, we are on a sure foundation. So if we're building something here for the kingdom of God, which we are, we have to have a strong foundation. And we need the same for our individual lives. So when Jesus was talking about building a strong foundation, you remember he said, build your house on the rock. Thank you. And um, you say, what's the rock? What's the rock? And Jesus said it himself. He said, everyone who comes to me and hears my words and acts upon them. Ooh. Everyone who comes to me, one, hears my words, two, and acts on them, three. We're always good at one. Sometimes quite good at two. And he wants us to be good at all three. And he encourages that. And that is the substance of our faith. So we actually hear the word and we act on the word. And sometimes, this is the challenging part for me, sometimes faith is linked with obedience. Oh no! You want me to do what you say? That's a bit tough. You know, when Abraham was called out from the place where he was living, he was Abraham then, it says that it was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land. That's a big deal. God calling you out of where you are and where your family is and where you're comfortable and saying, go there. And he didn't even tell him where. Where was there. Sometimes we just have to obey. One day, not so long ago, I woke up with flu I'm not even going to say the symptoms of flu. I had flu. <clears throat> so I thought, right, I've got all my scriptures. I'm going to say them all. And I walked around the house demanding this from God and telling him what a good bloke I was. And um, it was like God was saying, are you finished now? <laughs> you done? And then... This little voice said, go to the medical centre. <laughs> no, 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 get behind me. <laughs> that is not you, God. It can't possibly be go to the medical centre. And so I tried a few more scriptures. <laughs> I was quite determined that 
I would get my healing. No. Go to the medical centre. I don't know why this is as it is, but it's obedience. So I got in the car, sneezed my way to the medical centre, had a terrible headache, thought, God, do you know how difficult this is? Parked the car, and at the Belconnen Medical Centre, that's a challenge in itself. (laughs) Took one step inside the door and I was healed instantly. I don't get that. I don't understand that at all. It was quite embarrassing, really. I was there in the medical centre. Can I help you? No. (laughs) But the substance of that, knowing that that voice that you hear is God, that is the substance of faith. So keep going with Amanda's message. (laughs) Romans 10.17 was the next scripture that she used. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Or in the New Living Translation, Faith comes by hearing, that is hearing the good news about Christ. And some people say, no, I like the old version that says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Well, guess what? Jesus is the word of God. And you can read the whole Old Testament and it's all about Jesus. It's the the forerunner to what's going to happen. So don't get upset about that scripture, Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God or hearing the good news of Christ. So good. But the thing that I want you to notice from that scripture is that faith comes. You might think, I haven't got enough faith to be able to pray for the Prime Minister to get saved. I haven't got enough faith to pray for Ethiopia and the situation there. Nor do I. But faith comes. And your faith will come to you as you read the Word of God. And as you trust the Father, He will do the work. And so to continue with Amanda's message... Last week, she said, read the word, read the word, and I'm going to change that to, please read the word, (laughs) read the word. (laughs) See the subtlety of my message here. (laughs) Read it regularly and read it often, please. And when you do... Faith comes. And not only will it come, but it will grow. So from Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, it says, Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter or finisher of our faith. 
couple of things from that. First of all, it's endurance. This is not a sprint. This is not on your marks, get set, go, and 10 seconds later you're done, if you're Usain Bolt. This is an endurance race, more like a marathon, but even longer. Because it goes on and on and on. And if you haven't got faith, it's really hard to run the race of endurance. But come back to what it said. Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. He authors it. As we stick with him, he will finish it. He keeps drawing us back. So the, 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 the start of it, the authoring of it was quite easy. We confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. That's our starting point. But it is this race of endurance. Paul wrote to the Philippians, he said, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you, the author, will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. How good is that? He started it, he will finish it. Is that just automatic then? You know, we're sort of get sort of born again and then into autopilot, set it to endurance and off we go. So Peter, Peter ministered, um, isn't it strange? Peter ministered to a lot of people who Paul converted. So people ministered, Peter ministered to the converted in Asia Minor. So when he wrote his letters, he was writing to those who had already been converted, probably under the ministry of Paul. We don't know that for sure. But he, he issued a little warning that I think we all need to be aware of in 2 Peter. He said, be on your guard, lest you be carried away by the error of unprincipled men... And you fall from your own steadfastness, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what our calling is. Not to be led astray by teaching that is outside of the word of God. No, no, no. To grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus. And so Paul wrote to the church in Thessalonica, we ought always give thanks to God for you because your faith is greatly enlarged. You see that? Your faith is greatly enlarged. We might start with a tiny little bit of faith, but as we keep walking with God, he is going to grow that. He will grow it. And we need it. Eventually we'll be able to say, 
for we walk by faith, not by sight. In other words, the things of the world that seem so crazy at the moment, we're able to just say no. Jesus Christ is the King of kings and the Lord of lords and he is the same yesterday, today and forever and that is where my eyes are going to be fixed. I'm going to fix my eyes on Jesus who is the author and finisher of my faith. Years ago, um, I had just done Bible college down at Christian City Church, as it was called. No, it wasn't even called that then. It was called Christian Centre Northside in DY and did Bible college there. And then during the year, it changed its name to Christian City Church and then eventually became because of some genius, C3. <laughs> um, and, and I got fired up doing that. I mean, Thursdays was four hours of listening to Phil Pringle, and that was so inspiring. You know, you'd come out of that thinking, I can do anything, I can do all things, um, through Phil who strengthens me. <laughs> But no, I, the, the, fix your eyes on Jesus, please. <laughs> but w I was working at that stage at a school in North Sydney and it was a church school and quite a formal um, church school. So that all the kids had to go to chapel and they didn't especially like that. In fact, they hated it, <laughs> truth be known. Um, but they went. So a mate of mine and I decided, let's start something that is different, that has something of the life of God in it and, and just pray that God is going to bring people along. And he said, yeah, I'm, I'm all for that. He was an Anglican, um, but spirit-filled and just a real man of God. So that was two months before the start of the school year and we started to pray every day, Father, would you change this place? Would you um, move by the Holy Spirit to draw people in, to, to know you, Father, to have a personal relationship with you, to be able to sing out praises to you? And so we decided to start a, a voluntary chapel, we called it, Thursday morning, 20 past eight, um, before a nine o'clock start at school. And we started, and there were four people there the first service, but it was good. The second service, a boy gave his life to Jesus. And, and he was the most unlikely person. You know, one of those people who you look at your list of the school teachers, you'll know this. You look at your list at the start of the year and you go, oh, no, no. Hopefully there's only two or three in the class that you do that to and then you repent, of course. Well, one of those got saved and um, it was pretty unexpected, I have to say. And then we realised that God was actually fair income about it because... You know, you sort of do this and you, you wonder, is this just me? Am I just making this up? Am I thinking that this is a good idea? 
when God starts to move and people start getting born again, you know that he is serious and your faith, based on this substance which you're trying to understand, is real. And so it just went from there and it was incredible, amazing. Um, we took them to a camp. I mean, we're talking now 70 kids attending this thing. 50 of them had never known God before, so they'd all been born again in this process. And we took them to a camp and I got a, a, a Anglican minister called Baden Wynn to come along and um, he prayed for kids to get filled with the Holy Spirit. And you had to do that in sort of a clandestine fashion in case the authorities got hold of it and could do something awful, don't know what. But it was really amazing. And we saw kids changed because of the substance of the foundation of the faith of knowing the living God. It was wonderful. It's not always so. But if it's not, it won't be his fault. And so I remember having a back injury for quite a long time. And I said, right, Father, listen to me. <laughs> you don't say that. I went to Woolworths on a Saturday morning, 7am, it was bright and early so there wouldn't be many people here and I remember saying to the Lord on the way, as I walked to Woolworths, I said, Father, if there is a person with a bad back here, I ask you to reveal him to me and I will pray for him. How pompous. <laughs> but God hears everything we say. Anyway, I didn't think another word of it. Got my trolley, was pushing down the aisle, and there was a Woolworths employee clinging to the shelves, holding his back. I thought, uh-oh. <laughs> and I wasn't sure what to do, because I'd put myself on the line here in the eyes of the father. And so I thought, nope, quick, push the trolley away. And I pushed the trolley away and went round the corner and there he was down the end of the aisle. And everywhere I took that trolley, that man moved. I mean, I felt like saying, God, his back couldn't be that bad. <laughs> but I failed the test because I ran away without praying for him, I'm sorry to say. And I was really... That really rattled me because, first of all, I realised that God did hear everything I said when I prayed to him. But secondly, he'd given me an assignment that I failed miserably. And it, that did rattle me. God does a lot of things in my life in supermarkets for some reason. I really don't know why. But um, the next time that I came to this sort of situation. I was in the IGA at Ainsley. That's a fine place too. <laughs> and I said, Father, I want to make amends for that stuff up. Sorry if that's rude. Um, that, that I made by 
not praying for the man with the bad back. And this time I did think a lot of it because I thought, I cannot get this wrong again. But I was going up and down the aisle and trying to find the things I needed and some of the things I didn't need. And I eventually got towards the end of my shopping experience. I thought, oh, well, he doesn't trust me anymore. And just as I was getting myself into the queue, I felt the Lord say, I want you to pray for the person who serves you. I thought, hmm, this is not what I had in mind. (laughs) Because there were people behind me and in front of me and... That everything was quite close together. But I wasn't going to do it again. There was no way I was going to duck this. So I got to the person. She was a young lady. And I said, look, this is not easy, but I think God wants me to pray for you. Is there anything I can pray for? And she said to me, look, And then the tears started in her eyes. And she said, I came from Ukraine two months ago to escape the war. My mom is a colonel in the Ukrainian army. Um, So I had plenty to pray about. And, And I did pray and I did hold people up and I couldn't care less because she was the one that the Lord said, pray for, and that was my mission for the moment, and there was no way I was getting this wrong. And I I went back there two weeks later to see if she was there, and she was, and I said, look, I prayed for you the other day. I'd like to give you this card, and it was a card to come to this church. I haven't seen her since but I reckon I will one day. Faith is a substance. Faith will grow. Faith in what is my final point? What do we have faith in? This is a Bible. Belonged to my great-grandmother, and now it belongs to me. It's 150 years old. It's what people did because they revered the word of God. And if you're interested in having a look at this, I'm more than happy for you to come and have a look after because it is beautiful. But do I have faith in the beauty of this book or do I have faith in the words that are in it? People built these beautiful cathedrals in Europe to represent the living God? Do we have faith in that beautiful architecture? As lovely as it is, it's the God that's inside of it. Do we have faith in things that are representative of God, but are not God himself? I had this dream. This is bizarre, I warn you. There was a lady who I was praying for who was in the holy room, which is the second classroom in the kids' area, and we call it the holy room. I think it was Amy's fault because there were holes in the ceiling. (laughs) (laughs) 
Since then, it has become a bit of a holy room, actually. And I was praying for this very proper lady, and I've never seen her in this church ever, so I promise. And she said to me, I want you to get oil to anoint me. I thought, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I looked around the room and there was no bottle of oil there and I thought, uh-oh. So I raced into the kitchen and opened the cupboard and there was no oil in the cupboard. And I remember thinking, well, I've got to do something. She was so insistent. <laughs> this is where it gets weird. <laughs> so I grabbed a bottle of tomato sauce... <laughs> And a tea bag. <laughs> and I went back to her and I said, I'm so sorry, I haven't got any oil, but I do have tomato sauce. <laughs> and she looked at me really angrily. I don't blame her, I suppose. And she said, Well, that won't do. I said, Well, I've got a tea bag. <laughs> I said, I could go and get some holy water. <laughs> and at that point, she stormed out. But then I realized, well, hang on. This is all a substitute anyway. This is not what we have faith in. Where is our faith? Is it in this building? Is it in our church community? Is it in our Christian friends? All of those things are great, not criticizing that but that's not where our faith is our faith is in and even this can be misleading in the name of Jesus you think the name of Jesus yes scripture talks about that there is no other name but folks what is behind the name that's where our faith is going to be. The name of Jesus is Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That is where our faith is. There is no other name and that's where that scripture is so powerful. There is no other name. Because Jesus is far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Let me read you what John had in his vision when he wrote the book of Revelation. He said, And I turned to see the voice that was speaking with me. And having turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the middle of the lampstands, one like a son of man, clothed in a robe, reaching to the feet, and girded across his breast, with a golden girdle and his head and his hair were white like white wool like snow and his eyes were like a flame of fire and his feet were like burnished bronze when it has been caused to glow in a furnace <coughs> and his voice was like the sound of many waters and in his right hand he held seven stars and out of his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword and his face face was like the sun shining in its strength that is who our faith is in 
the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You know, when Thomas was walking with Jesus, he was all strong and gruff when Jesus was alive and he was with him. And when Jesus said, I've got to go to Jerusalem to die, and Thomas said, yeah, we'll come along and we'll die with you. But when it came to the crucifixion and Jesus did die, then Thomas lost his mojo. He just lost it. And when the other disciples said, we have seen the Lord, Thomas said, no. He had believed in the Jesus that walked the earth. And when Peter said, you are the Messiah, Thomas probably said, oh, come on, Peter, for heaven's sake. This is Jesus, you know him. So when the other disciples saw Jesus after his resurrection, they said, we have seen the Lord. And Thomas said, don't be ridiculous. That's stupid. Unless I see the wounds in his hands and put my hand in his side, I won't believe that. And then Jesus appeared at some later time and said, Thomas, and held his hands out. And Thomas's reaction was, my Lord, and my God. It's the change that happens when we say yes to Jesus. And then our faith becomes a substance and our faith grows because we realise we are anchored in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. But maybe you haven't taken that first step So I'm going to pray. And if you want to take that first step and say yes to Jesus, then this is your time. And the way we do it at this church is to repeat a prayer out aloud with everybody supporting you so you won't feel out of place. But if you want to pray this prayer, this is when Jesus becomes the author of our faith. So can you pray with me, please? Dear Lord Jesus, I am lost without you. My sin overwhelms me and I need a saviour. So I invite you into my heart And I confess with my mouth that you are the risen Lord. And I want to walk with you the rest of my days. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you in church again this weekend. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au.